They say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But not on this episode of Babs on the Mic. Because we have to go back into this past weekend. It's It's been such a long couple days of football and craziness. And I'm finally settling in back home. And I'm finally able to talk about the Vegas trip. Obviously, we got to talk about the season finale for the New England Patriots. And let they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, not on this episode. I think I'm going to tell you a couple things that happened in Vegas. But there will be some things that I, I do have to keep to myself. This is episode 14, Babs on the Mic. And it's brought to you by K&M. All-Star Sports Store located at Foxwoods Tanger Outlets. Check them out, K&M. If you're going down to Foxwoods, the Wild Card Weekend's coming up. They'll have all the teams available, all their jerseys. You can rep the team that you want to root for. I'm rooting for the Bengals. I'm telling you that right now. I'm rooting for the Bengals right now. And we'll get into that a little bit later why I'm doing that. But I'm all back on the Cincy train. Let's go back in time. Three years ago... Where Babs made the choice. I'm rolling with Jared Stidham. Tom Brady's gone. This kid looked great in the preseason. He is going to be your future. And I stuck with Jared Stidham. I've talked about this on other episodes. You've heard me talk about this nonstop. We'll go briefly. I said I'm picking Jared over Cam Newton when that summer came. That's that. It's the hill I'm going to die on. And boy, over those last two years, two and a half years, it was a hard hill to climb back up, up, up on. It was hard. I stuck by Jared Stidham. I said, this kid has something. And I've got to see somebody as a, like, what's interesting about following Jared Stidham, it's kind of like just, I'm going to pick this person. I'm going to follow their career to a T. Like, I'm going to support them no matter what and show them the love. I'm going to see their lows, but I want to experience their highs. And that's what this last weekend just brought me. I, like when he got traded to the Las Vegas Raiders, I told you I'm going to be out there. I went to Canton, Ohio to see him just play. I went to Vegas preseason to see him play. So you know, at some point, if I go for preseason, I'm going to have to see him in the regular season. I told him, I've been telling him, Jarrett, I want to be there for your first career NFL start. Well, I, I couldn't get out there. It just, life happens. But the second one will just just do as well, right? But I over the last few weeks, prior to week 18, I've been looking at the Raiders record, and I said, you know, I'm going to come out the last week of the season. Going to be there. I have a feeling you're going to start at least that game. It was a awesome surprise to find out that he ended up getting the start against the 49ers, and he looked fantastic. I mean, that was a statement game from Jared Stidham to show that, hey, I belong in this league as a starter. So perfect timing. Babs is going out week 18. And I I know I get some hate from Patriots fans out there. Oh, you're rooting for two teams. Oh, you did this with Tom Brady. You're not allowed to root for... It's a different story here, folks. First of all, the Tom Brady situation, I stuck with the New England Patriots first. I'm rooting for Tom Brady individually. But I'm not like some big Bucks fan. You know how many Pats fans I met that bought season tickets for the Tampa Bay Bucks, traveling down there, rooting for Gronkowski. He's a traitor. Rooting for the Bucks as a whole. They wanted the Patriots to be bad. Like those are the bad fans. With me, I'm I'm just supporting one guy. I'm not a Raiders fan. I mean, I do want the Raiders to win when Jared Stidham's starting but I'm only going to root for what Jared Stidham does out there. Anyways, I went out there to support a, quote, very good friend. And that's what I did. Let's paint the picture of the weekend. Now, I'm I, listen, I am just a normal jabroni. I am nothing special, guys. Like, I'm just a normal guy that does this kind of as a hobby. I get to share my experiences with you. And the only reason why I... Get to do the things I do is because of you, the listener right now, the people on the Instagram or Twitter that just see it, whether you love me or hate me, just getting to experience what I get to experience. And that's why I try to showcase a lot what I do and tell you what goes on. 
because I, it's, I get to do things that people can't do or, or sometimes can't be in these situations. Trust me. And, it, and, and I want to just share that with everybody. That's what I'm here for. So I felt like this weekend, what I just experienced was something I might never get to experience again. And I just wanted to share it with you because it was three years in the making. And it felt like this was a type of celebration weekend. And like I said, I'm just a normal like jabroni. Ain't anything special. I got a, I got a job just like everybody else. I got a life. I got kids, right? Like, you know, life goes on around you and you make it work. I posted this video on Instagram. It was the like, it's like a two minute video and it was my timetable in Vegas. Go back and watch it at Babs and the Mike on Instagram. It's also on Twitter. The two minute video to show you the grind of what it was to get there. So essentially I was up at six in the morning, 630 in the morning on Friday morning. And I didn't sleep until Saturday morning. For two and a half hours on the plane ride there. This game got... I, I told you in the last episode. The game got pushed up to Saturday. Like I had flights set for like Saturday night. It got pushed up. I had to get the first flight out of Boston. First flight from 5 a.m. Land in Dallas. I land in Dallas. There's a lot of Kansas City fans there. And they're all looking at me weird. Because I'm wearing a Raiders jersey. And I got a Patriots hat on, on backwards. They kind of put it together. You're there for Stidham. Fly from Dallas to Vegas, and I land at like 10, 15 in the morning, three hours prior to kickoff. And I was like, I got to hustle. I brought nothing with me, people. Like, I got people all weekend. Where's your Patriots jersey, Babs? Like, why aren't you wearing this, that? I, I, I came with nothing. Like, whatever I had on me was what I had on me. So I'm already at this point in Vegas right now. It's 10, 15 Vegas time. I'm fast forwarding this story. I mean, we want to keep this to 40 minutes, right? It's uh, 10.15 in Vegas. I've only slept for two and a half hours, probably in the last 30-hour span at that point. Hustle over to the stadium. I'm on the complete opposite side. The taxi driver had no idea where he was going. I show my ticket. I had a very nice ticket, you know, like I, I'm, I'm invited out. I, I'm getting to experience something that not a lot of people get to experience. And I'm very, very thankful that I was able to get this opportunity. I took a little uh, little cart ride over. Went through the uh, VIP entrance, by the way. So I've been to Vegas once before this. I went to the preseason game. Beautiful stadium. It just opened three years ago. And the year it opened was COVID. Couldn't even have fans there. So the last time I went, I got to experience it as a fan in the stands. Sitting down kind of low. Walking around the concourse. Going to the pro shop. This time around... I'm a VIP from New England, right? Coming right in here for the quarterback. Go in through the VIP entrance. It is stunning. Like words can't describe what I saw. It's just huge, massive luxury. It's the Death Star. It really is. You walk in there black and silver and open and luxurious and modern, sleek. It was beautiful. I was overwhelmed. I'm not used to this stuff, guys. You see me wearing the same fucking cargoes all the time, the same LeBrons all the time. I've, those, I've had those LeBrons since, like, 2019. I got them at a thrift store in Ohio when I was out there for Canton for Ty Law's Hall of Fame. Like, I, I, I'm just, that's, that's who I am. So when I see this and I'm experiencing it, I'm kind of blown away. Like, I don't belong there. Like, I don't even belong in here. And I was just, at this point, so rattled. Because, I again, remember this. This is a very key to the story. I've only slept two hours, two and a half hours tops. And I just wanted to get to the suite. I get whisked up, up there. Everybody, by the way, was nice. All the ushers. You treat people how you want to be treated, guys. That's it. You say your yeses and thank yous, please and thank yous. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No. That's what you got to do. You got to be nice to people. I go right up to the suite. I'm in there. It's probably already 10. Now it's like 10, let's say 1040, right, for the story purposes. I'm by myself. And I just soak it in. I walk around. I'm a little giddy. I'm like, I'm like a fifth grader. Like, just, I'm, I'm all excited, right? Like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Um, absolutely stunning the way they had it up in there. I've been in a couple suites here and there and uh, in other stadiums. It's just, it's something I've never experienced before. And I was able to take the time to talk to uh, 
David, who was our, our waiter, like comes in and this and that. And you get to learn a little history of the stadium and just talking to somebody else is another human being of like, what's, what's it like to work out here? Like, who have you met? Like, what have you done? So it's just interesting to get to, down to earth with somebody. I will say this. My nerves were setting in when I was there. I was trying to call Michelle and call GRD. I just want to like, like, look at this. Like, look at this. I mean, it was, they already had all the food out. Now, listen, I have, I do have manners sometimes. I just, I can't eat when nobody else was there. I didn't even want to grab a bottle of water. I just, I was like, I don't want to touch anything. It's just too nice. I'm going to smudge it. I'm going to, I'm going to screw something up. I was also, I was a little nervous. I had to sit down. And the second I sat down in the seat, very comfortable, by the way, I wanted to go to bed. I was so exhausted. I had, to, I had to get David to come back in. I have a little button. You hit it. He gets it on his like Apple Watch. Comes right in. It's like, hey man, I, I gotta get. I gotta get. Like, do you have Red Bull? And he's like, well, we have monsters. I can go get you a monster. I have to go down to the warehouse and go get it. So all right, it took it, it, it took like about half an hour. That was the first drink I had. Was like I had to get perked up. So uh, you know. People came in and they started trickling in as the time comes and you get to start meeting people and who was in the suite and that's going to stay, you know, with me. But it was it was nice to meet a room full of supporters there for the same reason. They're there to support Jared Stidham and they're there to support some of the Raiders players out there. So it was good to be in that type of room in that type of atmosphere because I've been on this fucking island by myself. Just saying to you guys, like, I, I believe that this kid has something. So it was nice to be in that type of room and you meet people and this and that. I got my monsters. I got that. I, I told myself I can't I can't sit. I already sat down. I cannot, like, if I sit, I'm going to pass out. I'm going to fall asleep. But I was trying to run on the fumes of, like, adrenaline. Like, all right, all right. They did not have any lattes. It was Miller Lights, Coors Lights. They had this one drink that was like a lemonade. It was a clear with the like the Raiders logo and it lit up like strobe light. Oh, that was cool. And uh, I mean, you just just enjoyed the the, the time in there. Um, going into the game itself for the Raiders in Kansas City. First and foremost, there was a sea of red. Like I heard the week before it was 75% Niners fans. It was the same thing this this past week with the Kansas City Chiefs. They traveled well. They, they, when I was flying in from Dallas, I sat next to a Chiefs fan and we were talking for two and a half hours. And he's like, I've had this planned out since the schedule dropped. I mean, he's like, I want to see this brand new stadium. If I only do one road game, it's going to be Las Vegas. And he said, I figured that the Raiders would be in it. I figured this could be a game that comes down to the wire for the division. Obviously, it wasn't. But still, it's, it's the point of getting the experience in Las Vegas, having a fun weekend, this and that. I will say uh, about the game itself, I stood the entire game. Like, I had a chance to sit in such a luxurious seat. I had a chance to sit even at a high-top bar table. No, I stood the entire time, pacing back and forth, nervous. Especially when the, when, when the Raiders went down 7 nothing in the game right, right away to start the game. Right? You guys, like, ah, this is going to be a fucking long day. Same time, I'm, I'm there for Stidham. Not, I'm not sad that the Raiders down seven nothing. Hey, you down seven nothing. That means Stidham's going to have more opportunities. And just to make this kind of shorter than what it needs to be, because I can rant and rave and do all this for hours. Stidham overall played an okay game. I will be real when I have to be real about it, and I've told you that. I truly believe. Momentum was shifted a little bit when he threw a touchdown in the end zone. Two Adams, it was dropped, couldn't get there. They kicked three at seven to three. All of a sudden, it's 14 to three. You're already wicked down in the game. Stidham throws another pass into the end zone. No pass interference call. Stidham overall in the game got sacked six times. And there was a point where he took a sack. I think it was in the second quarter. Blindside sack, had nowhere to go, no, like couldn't even get the ball off. Eight yard sack. So it's second and 18, 
and he throws an interception the next play, and I thought that that interception was forced. Trying to make something, trying to get your team back into the game. So I, I thought that was a true mistake, and I believe by halftime, it was like, what, 21-6, to 24-6? I mean, it, it, it's, it, that's hard to, it's hard to watch from a side where I'm supporting one human being, right? And that's Jared Stidham. And I'm thinking of it as a Raiders fan. Like, as if I was a true, deep-down Raiders fan. These motherfuckers that pay so much. That stadium is so expensive. These motherfuckers who are dedicated to the, to the Las Vegas Raiders. And I could just feel their pain to be like, this is what it's like. Because I was digging into a stat about the like the Raiders, like Derek Carr, because Derek Carr obviously didn't play. And Derek Carr's 3-14 in his career. Three wins, 14 losses against Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Jared Stidham's 0-1. I mean, 0-2 now, because if you get the one that he played in 2020. But still, it's just, how can you, how disappointing is it for the Las Vegas Raiders this season that was hyped up to be something, especially with, with the talent that they had? But I'll say this, Jarrett fought. He still fought that second half. Ended up throwing a touchdown. Yes, he had a fumble. Again, offensive line troubles all day for Jarrett. And he led the team in rushing. And if you're leading the team in rushing as the quarterback with the running back who just won the rushing title, by the way, who rushed for over 15 carries, there's an issue there. But I thought no matter what, I think over the last two games, Jarrett Stidham has showed at least something that, A, he's, he's a backup, at least a backup. Like, that, that job is secured. But, B, look how much quarterback turnstile we've had in the league this year. And I think that if Jarrett had a home and saying, like, you are a starter week one, I, I think he could run with it. Will it be in Las Vegas? We'll find out. I, I have no information. That's not, I, I, I have a feeling that Jarrett stays. I mean, you want to stay in that Josh McDaniel system. Could he go out to Indy? Could he go out to Atlanta? Could he go to Houston? If he does, I'm there. I'm supporting him. I'll be wherever he goes. I'm following that journey. I'm riding, in the, I'm riding his wave. But I think you stay where the grass is already green for you. That You know the system. You have the offensive players locked in. Couple flaws on offense. Hopefully the defense gets it figured out. And I feel like with Stidham, what kind of contract does he get? Maybe a two-year $15 million with a, a very incentive-based. Say he gets $7 million a year, $7.5 million a year. For the Raiders' sake, hey, that's at least capable backup money that you know that if you do go out and get somebody else, you have a capable backup. But also at the same time, if he is your starter and it's very incentive-based, it's a cheaper deal where it's like we can take that money now and focus on other areas. So I'm interested to see what the Las Vegas Raiders do with the Jared Stidham situation because I think over two games... He's at least showed something that, hey, we should take a further look into this. We should bring him in, and he should actually compete for the starting job during training camp. And we'll find out. And, and the Las Vegas Raiders have an interesting, interesting offseason coming up because they still have to deal with the elephant in the room, and that's Derek Carr. How do I feel about Derek Carr? Derek Carr is that franchise. You go out there, the four jerseys are still there. The support is still there for Derek Carr. He is literally the face of the franchise. Other than right now, it's like if, if Derek Carr is out the window, who else is the face of the franchise? Is Max Crosby, Devontae Adams. But Derek Carr still means something to that fan base. And if you said, hey, Babs. Hey, Babs. Where's Derek Carr going to land? Now, I had this conversation with Dan Jolie. We went back and forth. And we kind of agreed, I think the Saints would be a good landing spot. But maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, Derek Carr might retire. Wow. Babs bomb? Because does Derek Carr want to uproot his family and go somewhere else? He's already kind of comfortable where you're at. 
Do you still want to be that Raider for life and go back on what you said and say, I'm a Raider for life? Look at some of these quarterbacks that have left their franchise in the recent years and have just absolutely washed away because of that. Not Tom Brady, but guys like Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, even like Marcus Mariota. These Sometimes it just... Andy Dalton. Jameis Winston. Maybe some of it's because of injuries, but these guys I just named aren't going anywhere. Or they're already out. Could Derek Carr do an Andrew Luck? Just call it a day. I made my money. You know, not everyone's that selfish about the money. But I think if Derek Carr retired and stayed a Raider, he's still part of that franchise. They'll find a fake role and just slide him in and say, this is what you are, Derek Carr. But I think the team right now, offensively, they just need, they need, they need an offensive lineman. They need to fix the line. But offensively, they're moving the ball. Like, they were moving the ball, even with Carr. Like, they have something there. You fix your defense, get offensive line. The Raiders team could be somewhat legit next year. I just wouldn't count them out yet. And Devontae Adams has stated he's coming back. I'm going to be back there. Hunter Renfro had himself a game. He went seven for seven and had a touchdown. Darren Wall looked pretty good at the end of the season too. I'm just, I'm interested. Listen, if you're a supporter of Babs, this is what your life is going to be like because you're going to hear a lot of Jared Stidham slash Raiders talk. And if you don't want to hear it, well, you better hope Jared Stidham goes somewhere else. But going back to Vegas, it was awesome time in the suite. The food looked amazing. I didn't eat one single thing of food. I had a couple of potato chips. I just literally traveled all day. And I was so nervous. I just couldn't eat anything. I was like, I don't want to eat anything. I want to fill up anything. I'd be If I ate and I got my belly nice and full, I would pass out. That's just how I was. I was just like a zombie at some points. But I kept that good spirit in there. Especially when Stidham threw a touchdown. You got to keep that good, good spirit alive. But, obviously, the Raiders lost. So you kind of go through the motions. And went downstairs. Got whisked away through the field. Got to go behind the, uh, you know, behind the curtain, as they'll say. And I was very fortunate to be able to step on the grass. You just soak it in. You just soak that in. Phones and pictures, they don't do justice of just standing there and kind of looking around. And that's a a memory that's always going to stick with me. And I'm glad that I was able to talk with Jared after the game and show some appreciation back and forth for each other and being there to support each other. And, you know, if that's it, then that's it. I mean, I'm still going to support the guy, but it was, it was, I mean, words can't describe it. It's, it was an awesome time. And I think that grabbing a picture with him, being on the field kind of wrapped it up for the season in the sense of, I told you I'm here for this guy. I'm supporting this guy and I'm being true about it. A lot of people think I'm fake about it. I'm being a troll of this or that. It was like, I'm, I fucking flew out to Las Vegas, like with no sleep. And right off the plane, go right to the stadium. And I, it's, it's for that guy because I'm there to support him. And I really, really hope he gets his chance next year in the NFL. Because I'll tell you this, the last two weeks has been fun. I wasn't there for the Niners game, but I've never been so excited to watch a Raiders game before. I was just ex- as excited as watching a Patriots game because I you support somebody, you ride the wave, and you just want to see success. And I hope that I see that with Jared Stidham, and I know, I know he will get there. Let's move on here in the story. Because after the game's over, I was exhausted. My fucking body was throbbing. Like my legs, my feet, my knees. Like every, I told you I was standing up for the entire game. So I get back. Uh, I took a taxi over to the hotel. I stayed at Treasure Island. Just grabbed the cheapest place I could for the night. And once I hit the bed, I was like, I can't get up. You know, it's Vegas, Babs. Get up. Let's keep going. Yeah, I got up. I went downstairs to CVS to buy a couple items. I went right back upstairs, ate the worst fucking pizza in the world. If like Portnoy scale, if I had a Portnoy to rate that pizza, that's the only thing I ate in the whole day. I had access to all this gourmet food and hors d'oeuvres and desserts. Like you, like I can, like I have pictures of it, and I'm like, yeah, I ate the shitty ass Treasure Island pizza slice. 
that was like a 2.3 out of 10. And that's just, that's, and I deserve it. That's what it is, right? That's, but that's who I am, right? I, I passed out by 9 p.m. I was dumb. I was cooked. That's it. And that's, and that's 12 a.m. though on the East Coast. Wake up the next day. It is Patriots game day. Patriots game day. And I, I, I don't know how you West Coast people do it. Because on the East Coast, it's 1 o'clock. And on the East Coast, I'll wake up at 6 in the morning or 7 in the morning on the game day and feel like I have a whole nice morning. Like I go to the gym, get a nice workout, maybe go to Dunkin's or go get breakfast, make breakfast, have time to go to the grocery store, get ready to make lunch or make ready game day food. Like you don't got that time on the West Coast, people. Especially like a Saturday night and a Sunday because you're probably out all night the night before, right? You're waking up on Sunday and it's like, I woke up at 6.30 and it's like, fuck, the game's in three and a half hours. Like, I was like, how, what the hell do we do? I, I left. I, I walked down the strip. I had no idea where the hell I was going to go. I looked up Patriots bars and this and that. I said, so I'll go to a sports book and watch it. I went to the MGM because it was just close to the airport. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll just go down there. So it's just, but it's, it's, it, it was nine in the morning. It was an hour before kickoff. I got my bets placed in there for the day. Obviously, I didn't hit any of the bets. But I was like, I was rattled. I was like, I'm not used to this like 10 in the morning kickoff. It felt weird. The, the bar I went to, the, it was awesome. Alex, the bartender, great guy. We talked. He's a Chargers fan. We were talking. He saw the Stidham jersey, but he saw the Patriots hat. You start talking. And I was like, I'm here to watch this fucking Bills and Patriots game. Now, before we get into the game, shout out to DeMar Hamlin. He, he recovered. And the last time we talked, I was like, let's see what ends up happening. He was FaceTiming his team like the next day. And the second I heard that he was FaceTiming and talking to the team, I was like, oh, fuck, the Patriots are cooked. Like, you got to admit, everybody, even me, Mr. Optimism, was like, the Patriots are going to get fucking steamrolled this game. But you obviously hold out hope. Like I was saying, I sat down and I'm ready. And I said in my pregame speech, the key to the game, I, I, I've been, I just preached this. Win the toss, defer, be on defense first, and trust your defense. And that's exactly what they did. They won the toss, they deferred, defense is out there first. And I said, okay, I know this defense can do something right away. Kick return touchdown, and it's 7 nothing, and it's 7 nothing already. Oh, it's so scripted. It was so scripted. I, uh, like what's the worst thing is where I was at at the bar at the MGM, it was, like it's obviously all sports fans. They're in gambling degenerates. I don't think there was a single soul rooting for New England in there. I had so many screams and cheers for Buffalo, and I was like, this is going to be a fucking long day. Seven nothing already. That's the worst possible way to start a game. And maybe if it was scripted, okay, let them have one. I thought this game, Mac Jones again played his ass off. Why is it taking week eighteen for the offense to finally start looking like they're clicking a little bit, right? But after some time, it took some time. The Patriots get down the field seven seven. The Patriots make it 14 to 14 at halftime. I was ecstatic with that score. 14 to 14. At, I was like, this team actually has life. And people were rooting for like, oh, you got to root for the Jets to win, or you're you're rooting for this. I was no. I was not looking. I was not doing the score watching like other people. So it's the Patriots have to win or you're out. Like that's it. But it was 14 to 14 at halftime. And the Patriots got the ball back. And I was like, okay, they have momentum in this game. Mac Jones looked great. The defense looked great too. Like, obviously, it should have been 14 to 7 and a half, right? Patriots get the ball. They go down the field. It's that you have to score and kind of match that energy, right? And Mac Jones and company go down the field and then, boom, interception miscommunication, whatever it might be, bad throw, whatever you want to say. That was just a bad play from Mac Jones to Aglor to set yourself up to be like, you just fucked that up. Like, you have to score when you get the opportunities here. You needed to make that a 21-14 game. 
And it's funny because I texted this. I had it out there. I said, you will get one bailout per game by that defense. Because how many times have we seen that this year? Pick sixes, fumbles, interceptions. You will get a bailout. And it happened right then and there. And the Patriots can only get three points off of it. The Pats can only get three. So it's 17-14. You had two chances to get into the end zone, and the team could not do it. That just sums up how the Patriots season is. So close yet so far. And it's such a fucking dick tease. Because you should have scored. You should have fucking went up 21-14. to The Bills should have got the ball back. You would have got bailed out by the defense. And you should have been up 28-14. That's what it should have been at that point. And of course when the Patriots go up 17-14. What happens? Just like the Minnesota game, right? All right, Mac Jones finally getting some momentum in Minnesota. You got a tie game. Kick return touchdown. Two in the same game. That's, it felt so much like Minnesota. You finally get some momentum. You finally get something going. Kick return touchdown. And then you just, I just knew at that point the game was done. Because if you can't match that energy, you're done. You're out. of you're, you're out. That's it. And then eventually, when Buffalo got the ball back on offense, that was it. Because they were overdue for an offensive score, it felt like. You knew Josh Allen company get down the field. They go down and score. I mean, just looking at the rest of the game. It was 17. They scored with another touchdown. You start crawling back into the fourth quarter. You're trying to show a little life. Just wasn't it just wasn't there. It all comes down really on this game is obviously the kick return touchdowns. And I'll let them have the first one for the DeMar Hamlin situation, right? Well, you want to call it scripted or whatever. And they lose they lose by 12 points. But that's that 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 momentum after at halftime, we had not one but two chances to fucking score a touchdown. You had to settle for three. With getting the ball back, and then you let up a kick return touchdown. And that kind of sealed the deal. I, I just can't... I just can't fathom like how bad of a game that was in that sense of frustration. Now, post-game of the, of the Patriots game, I, I thought this was a little interesting. Obviously, we've heard the rumors and what the truth is of... Devin McCourty and Matthew Slater both possibly just d- done. They're going to retire, it looks like. I thought David Andrews post game with this, with crying. They asked him how he felt about McCourty and Slater. And I'm sure it's tough on him because of those are the guys that he grew up in, grew up in the Patriots organization with. You know, when since he's been here undrafted. I thought David Andrews crying to me looked like it could be the end of David Andrews even. I think he might have been thinking about that too. His body's barely hanging together right now. And I'm sure with the offseason here and getting some rest and relaxation and taking some time off, and the Patriots need David Andrews next season. I feel like David Andrews will be back, but I just keep that in your mind. Like This guy has been beaten down, has had his severe blood clot issue that made him miss a whole season. I mean, he has been absolutely grinding. I mean, that's what's going to make him a Patriots Hall of Famer. I know, I'm know, i sure he'll be back. I don't have the true insight. I just His face just said to me, like, not only that I'm losing my brothers, it, it, I think that could have been his last time out there, too. And falling off of this as well, too, while I'm still talking about Patriots and, and whatnot, is Robert Kraft, the very next day on Monday, sending out the letter to the season ticket holders saying about Kind of like we're going to be making changes. Like stay tuned about what we're going to do. And a caller came in and called. I I was listening on the way home from driving from the airport. And the caller stated, hey, I'm a season ticket holder. That's the first time that they send something out like immediately after the season. You know, usually they send at the end of February and March. And I know people can debunk that and say, well, the Patriots are always winning Super Bowls. So they they don't have to send anything out. But the last three seasons... They haven't gone that far 
right? You haven't gone far. You haven't won a playoff game. And this guy is saying this is like the first time they sent it immediately after the season. That that smells smells some trouble there. So now, uh, you know, I'll just go back into my story of Vegas. I had to, I cashed out. I was like, I'm done. I did my Instagram live, and I appreciate those that hopped on. I appreciate yo- those that follow the content when I was in Vegas. After my Instagram live, I just wanted to fucking leave. I just literally saw the Raiders get absolutely pummeled, blown out. Even though I had a great time, trust me, like in the stadium, a great time, great experience. And the very next day, I get my heart ripped out with the New England Patriots and their season ending. I was done. I literally walked to the airport. I was like, I'm done with Vegas. Like, I'm do- I don't want to even be here. I walked to the airport at like 4.30 in the afternoon. My flight wasn't until 10.50 at night. I couldn't switch flights. I couldn't do anything. I go to the airport. I'm like, all right, I'm going to probably grab something to eat. There's nothing there. Like, they have, like, a, like I want to sit down at a bar, eat something. They have, like, nothing at the airport. I I spent from, like, 4.30 or 5 in the afternoon until 3 p.m. or 2 p.m. the next day in the airport. I almost spent, like, 24 hours in an airport between Las Vegas. I, flew, I had to fly from Las Vegas to Atlanta for a four-hour layover just to get home. Oh, it's awful. And I, I like Spirit Airlines. They have no issues with the airline itself, but those seats are very, very tight for a big-bodied person like myself. So it was a little uncomfortable ride on the way home. I had to buy one of those, like, Raiders um, things around your neck, neck pillows, just to feel somewhat comfortable going on the way home. But that's it. I mean, in the terms of, like, did I have a fun time? I had a lot of people, you know, I'm talking to a lot of people now that I'm back home and like, hey, did you have a fun time there? And I, I did. I have I have no regrets. I, I got to experience something that you can't experience, really. And I hope to get to experience it again in the future. But and it, it just now that the Patriots season over and you get that's over, the, it's it's just reality starting to set in. And now it's the off season and we have so much off season content to talk about. I've been preaching it. Hear me. I've been telling you the Patriots need to get an offensive coordinator. That's the first thing we got to do. I've been telling you this now since I probably fucking started this little podcast, right? You got to get an offensive coordinator. I want to do a quick side note before we get into questions because I do need to wrap this up. We're 37 minutes in. We're going to go over the 40-minute mark. And I'm sure there's going to be... And I I don't want to keep talking, talking, talking because then I'll never have anything to talk about. There's going to be things that we have to go back on and talk about. When I want to talk about the Raiders game, when Kansas City did the whole like ring around the rosy and they scored a touchdown, and got called back for holding. Seeing that in person, we're like, you're looking down and you're like, what the fuck are they doing? It happened so quickly. And then you watch it on TV right afterwards and you watch it on Twitter. I said, is an instant reaction that's poor sportsmanship. And oh my God, the Chiefs' kingdom has fucking come out of left field. I have so many people quote tweeting me, tweeting me, whatever it might be, laughing at me. Oh, it's that's funny coming from a Patriots fan saying that's poor sportsmanship to Fleetgate, Spygate, this and that, like right. And then, and then the funny thing is, I got the Stidham picture pinned on my profile, so people think I'm a Raiders fan. So they're like, "Oh, well, your team came in here and stepped on our logo, and they drove their buses around." Like, you know, you guys deserve it. First of all, let's, like, let's, 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 let's listen. Listen. Everything that happened to me after that tweet, like, it's been going on still. I hate the Chiefs fans. I hate these fucking Chiefs fans. First of all, if you're complaining about the Raiders, like, coming in, stomping on your logo and driving buses around, cool. You own the franchise. Like, you've owned them. Like, let that little poverty franchise do the poverty things they do. That's why you're supposed to be with your held, head held up high. Like, that's not us. You doing the ring around the rosy is stooping to the Raiders level. Like people are saying, oh, that's funny coming from a Pats fan. Listen, I'm a fan, so I don't have to be humbled. I don't have to player. I don't play the fucking game. I'm the one who's going to be telling, hey, yeah, we fucking won against you. Hey, we won these rings. Like that's that's what the fans do. The players take care of the business on the field. 
Imagine the New England Patriots and Tom Brady did something like that. The ring around the rosy. Like, yeah, like, I get it on the side. Like, it's fun. Like, it's NFL, right? You want to have some fun to it. The Patriots, if Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, if that group did something like that, they would be tarred and feathered by the media, by all the fan bases. Even Bill Belichick would be like, what the hell are you guys doing? If you wanna if you wanna show something to the Raiders, fucking hang 50 on them. Don't dance around like that, try to get cute. I don't like that. I I just don't like that. It rubs me off the wrong way. Like it's poor sportsmanship from a franchise that is the one seed that Mahomes had a great year. And you want to act like that? I hope they have karma coming their way. I am absolutely not rooting for Kansas City at all. At all. This playoff run. At all going forward. Fuck them. I'd rather root over the Bills. If it's the Bills and Chiefs in the AFC title game, I'm rooting for the Bills. Because then I hope the Bills just lose in the Super Bowl. I fuck these Chiefs fans. Like they're acting like they have won multiple Super Bowls already. It's like the Seahawks fans, right? They win one. They go to another one and lose. They're kind of in the mix. They're in the NFC title games, and they just never got over that hump again. I really hope Kansas City's a one-and-done fucking championship team. I'm not even going to call them a dynasty. I hope they're just a one-and-done championship team. And I hope that's it with them. They shouldn't even be the one seed. They're fraudulent, especially in some of the games that they won this year. They still couldn't beat the Chiefs. Uh, they still, Chiefs still couldn't beat the Bills. They still couldn't beat the Bengals. I'm rooting for Cincy. I'm rooting for Cincy because Joe Burrow's got that swag to him, right? But they're not doing that bullshit on the field like they just did with the fucking ring around the rosy. They're going to go in there and they're going to whoop ass. That's what, that's what the Cincinnati Bengals are going to do. I mean, I, I, if you wanted me to be like real, like what do you, who do you really want to win? I want like Jacksonville to win. I just want the Jags. I want something out of left field. Doesn't affect the Patriots. Doesn't affect my fandom. That's what I want. You look on, go on Twitter. Go on Babs and the Mike on Twitter. I got these Chiefs fans, man, that will not stop coming for my head. Let them come for my head. I don't give a fuck what people say. I really don't. But I'm going to get the last laugh in two weeks from now when they fucking lose their first game and they get knocked out. I don't care. I hope it's the Chargers. We'll we'll see who's laughing then. All right. Let's pull up the questions. We're going to go questions really quick. And here we go. Justin Giampa, 15. Thoughts on Jake Bailey's situation? Interesting. I'm going to tie Jack Jones into the situation as well. The suspensions came out of nowhere. They're trying to say that this Jake Bailey suspension is a way to like fuck around with his guaranteed money. The guy is signed for like a decent sized contract next year. You can't cut ties with him because you're gonna end up have to owe him what he's what he's owed. Like you're gonna have to end up owing him like seven mil or something something stupid. Like you're stuck with Jake Bailey, and I think the suspension is a way for Belichick to try to get him like off of the guaranteed money. But there's something really awkward there, and I'm really, really disappointed in special teams this year. You signed Jake Bailey to this big contract. Nick Folk has been reliable for these last couple years, but he's been shaky towards the end, and I think that's Jake Bailey because of your, you don't have your placeholder. I, I think that's a big deal. Not even then, special teams fucks you not only with your punting and your kicking, but your coverage. And the runbacks, like, it's just been awful for special teams. And that is a big hole that Bill Belichick needs to address quickly. Uh, Justin Ciampa, 15, also said, what three on-field positions do you think we need to prioritize via draft and free agency? Offensive line, especially left tackle, I think I don't, I, I don't want Trent Brown back. Sorry. One of the most penalized players in the league. He'll give it to you some days. He doesn't give it to you other days. I think kicker is actually a pretty big step for I think they've been trying to toy around with possibly getting rid of Nick Folk but you bring in these kickers that they can't compete it's a hard position to replace 
But I think we'll find somebody. I, I think that that's going to be another spot. I think Nick Folk's kind of on his way out soon. The last position I would say is still got to focus on that cornerback situation, the secondary. You got to find your replacement. Um, you got DMAC on the way out. Special teams. We'll see. Mr. Lake Lasio. Mr. Lasio? Should the Patriots go after Aaron Rodgers? No. I don't want Aaron Rodgers. Will I, have to, will I support Aaron Rodgers if he's here in New England? Yeah, I have to. I told you I'll support whoever the quarterback is. But I'm not supporting Aaron Rodgers. I think he comes with way too much baggage. Like, I just... Too much off-the-field antics that Bill Belichick is like, I'm, I'm all set with. Uh, Steve, S- Seven Soprano says, uh, offense play great, defense play great. Why can't all three phases of the game play great in one night? And, dude, they can click one day on offense. They, they, they suck on defense. They click on defense. The offense can't get going. Then special teams. Finally, both of them do good. Special teams can't hold it together. Just super... Undisciplined football. Undisciplined football. Use it. Tell people. Tell people this. Patriots were undisciplined this year. And it starts from the top of coaching. It comes from Bill Belichick. Ziggy is the real T-Rex. Who are we drafting at 14? I don't know just yet. Someone told me tonight in a mock draft that like they have the Notre Dame tight end as like the 14th overall pick. It's like, what? They need linemen. I- I- I'm not going to dive into it yet because I do want to see mock drafts in a little bit later. The New York Jets have the pick right before the Patriots, and I think that's very, very, very important. Because I feel like if the Patriots show their card, and this is like who we like, the Jets are going to end up taking that guy. Keep that. Cork Innova. Cork Innova. Why is... What's with the obsession with Stidham? Because I support a very good friend. A very good friend that plays in the NFL. I mean, why would I? That's my obsession. My obsession is to see success come from other people. And speaking of success from other people, on a side note, congratulations to Milk Tats, by the way. Tatting up Matt Judon. Let's just say Spike. You know, Spike, the old Spike King. And uh, Milk Tats, who's had uh, who's cross paths here and there. You know, Babs is somewhat connected, people. You, you people deny me. Bozo on the mic. Babs doesn't know anybody. I'm I'm a little connected to certain people. Just say that maybe I was a liaison, a liaison for the Milk Tats and Matt Judon thing. But that's that's that is what it is. And I'm I'm glad to see Milk succeed, and I, I can't wait to meet him in the, again. And I said this, and I'm telling you this right now. Jarrett Stidham signs a deal, and he's the starter for the Raiders. You might you might see a, a Stidham tattoo on me. Um. Patriots underscore two four seven three sixty five twenty four seven three sixty five. How far behind are we from Buffalo? How do you fully stop Josh Allen for a whole game? That's a great, great question. You're fucking super far behind Buffalo right now. Like you are years behind Buffalo. The way it looks like they absolutely own the New England Patriots, and it's going to feel like it's it's you've been close to beating them, but this is it. The roles have completely reversed. Josh Allen is now Tom Brady, and you are now in this spot where you're just mediocre. And you're not, and, and it almost feels like you are not going to beat the Buffalo Bills until Josh Allen is not their quarterback. That's what it took. That's what it took for the Bills to beat the Patriots once Tom Brady was gone, right? That's what it's feeling like. I still believe in Bill, and I still believe the right team could be out there. I feel like if they had an offensive coordinator... Again, I think they had they had a legitimate shot to beat Buffalo this past game. But you're years you're years behind right now. And oh uh lost it. Last but not least. Um Ode Brandon says, What offseason move are you most excited for? I'm excited to see how much stock they put into Mac Jones this offseason. I think that's the move I'm excited for. And Mac's not going anywhere. Mac did enough against Buffalo that he's at least guaranteed to start week one next year. I mean, you have Mac Jones still on a rookie deal. Bailey Zappi on a rookie deal. I'm interested to see what Hoyer, if he even comes back. 
I think Hoyer does come back just for training camp purposes and gets cut. That's it. Retires. I think you'll see Hoyer come back for the training camp at least. But I'm interested to see how much they support Mac Jones. That's with the offensive coordinator. Do they make a trade? I'm not into this DeAndre Hopkins situation because I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is truly going to make a huge difference for Mac Jones just yet. I want to see a coordinator first. But I'm excited to see like what steps they take to protect Mac. Is he the guy, right? I feel like that he's going to be the starter. I, I just feel like we're wasting time if we talk about another quarterback. I think he did enough against Buffalo. It's like, did enough against Minnesota. He looked pretty damn good down the stretch, not turning the ball over. Yeah, he turned up, he had three, three interceptions, but I don't completely blame all that on Mac Jones. I think he still has something. He's just not at that full potential just yet. It is Mac Jones truly your franchise quarterback? Year three is where we find that out. Because if you can't figure it out in year three, and they get you the pieces that you need, like he has an offense around him, I think it just hurt with not having the real coaching, but if they put the coaching around him and he can't succeed, they're they're going to move on year four. I don't think they offer him an extension. They might trade him. They might trade him after year three. Next year is the year Mac needs to do it. That's it. But also the Patriots, Bill Belichick company, they have to put the right pieces around him. That's it. I'm done. Episode 14, Babs on the mic. That was brought to you by KM All-Star Sports Store. Wrapped up from here. We'll have plenty to talk about. Every day I'm tweeting. Are we going to sign an OC today? Are we going to sign an OC today? And uh, we'll be covering the NFL playoffs. We'll be coming out and joining these. And when I feel like uh, jumping on, if there's big news, I'll jump on. Otherwise, I think I want to cover the rest of the playoff run. Cover Tom Brady. Tom Brady plays next Monday night. We'll see how the Cincinnati Bengals do. My pick to win the Super Bowl that I probably get bounced in the first round. And my hatred for the Chiefs. That will all be on the table for the next month. And will the Patriots... Here's a question before I let you go. Will the Patriots sign an offensive coordinator before the Super Bowl? One month. I said they needed to do it like the day after. Um, one month. Will they sign it? You ask that question to yourself and you answer it. Take care, guys. Ride the wave.